Hey guys, welcome back to Courtside. My name is Salva, and today I have another guest for you guys. Trey Moses had a successful four-year career at Ball State and recently took his talents overseas. We're going to talk about his experience in Europe, his expectations for the next season, and he will also share an advice for all of you guys watching. Real quick before we start, if you guys haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. I upload basketball content every single week. With that being said, let's get started. Hey guys, we have Trey Moses today. Trey played professionally in Bulgaria and Australia. Currently, also played here in the States in the College Ball State. Um, how you doing today, Trey? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you being here. Um, your most recent playing experience, you actually played in Bulgaria, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was in uh, Bulgaria for about five months. Um, and it's one of those things that uh, I enjoyed the lessons it taught me. I didn't love Bulgaria as much, but you know, it is what it is. And uh, it's awesome to get experience. Right, right. So did you actually get to experience Bulgaria and like the culture and stuff like that or? Uh, a little bit, but it was one of those things that, um, you know, we we weren't promised a lot of the stuff that we were supposed to have. Mm. Uh, so because of that, we couldn't do a lot of traveling and we were practicing twice a day, so uh, you know we didn't we didn't get a ton of off time. But um, you know, culture standpoint, we uh, you know we got to we got to experience some of the people there, and obviously having Bulgarian teammates, it's uh, it, it was it was super cool getting to know those guys and people in Bulgaria. Was it like a language barrier at all? Heck yeah, man! It was uh, it was it was tough. Um, not necessarily with our team mm -hmm. and uh, the coach, uh, but there was times where they didn't understand us or we didn't understand what they wanted. But for the majority of time, uh, it was more like people in uh, the community, like going to the stores and stuff and mm -hmm. trying to communicate with, with what they wanted. And a lot of times, you know, people were, people were cool and, and whatnot, but then uh, sometimes uh, you had people that got mad because we, you know, spoke English and uh, it was one of those things that it was, um, it was tough. It, it really was. I see, I see. So like you mentioned going to the stores, what'd you guys do with food? Cause I, I know, like I've been there also, like, <laughs> I know how different it is. And like, here you have all your options and there it's kind of, it's limited. Man, um, we had, we had four food places we, we typically ate at. Um, there's like a little pizza joint. Uh, there was a place for like wings and stuff. They had a couple of like Americanized places, but then kind of funny, but disgusting story. There's a Chinese place down the street and, uh, Chinese we had a maid, Bulgaria. <laughs> we had a maid, uh, we had a maid that cleaned our place. Uh, we, you know, she got paid to clean and. We, we found this spot, so we had been eating there for a couple of weeks, and then she was about to take out the trash, and she's Russian, so she can't speak English or speak it well at all, but she uh, she looked at one of my teammates and was like, no, no, meow, meow. And it was <laughs> like, it was, it was, I don't know if I can cuss, but it was so fucked because you go outside yeah. and you just see it, like 20 cats, and it's like, mm. man, the cat I saw yesterday, I could have been eating today. Yeah, man. That's how I feel though. Whenever I order Chinese, I always go for shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> if you ask for chicken and beef, that's probably some meow meow. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so yeah, that, that's a good story, man. Appreciate it. 
Uh, so playing in Bulgaria, like in Europe in general, how different is the game there? Because I've experienced both, and I know that sometimes it can be different, but probably you guys had you know, more and more American athletes coming over to Europe. So does the game still feel different over there? You know, it, it wasn't an adjustment for me. Mm. I feel like I've always had a European game. Uh, you know, a good passing big who could stretch the floor a little bit, but I would say in the, the little things is, um, you know, a little more physical over there. Um, I would say their, their younger players are probably better and, and as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at our younger players here and, you know, you'll, you'll pull out, you know, the top guys and say they're probably better, but, you know, we, uh, we had a 15 year old on our team who was, you know, who was good. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he may not have gotten a ton of playing time, but he was good. And that's just how it is. Or, you know, you look at Luca, who's been mm-hmm. playing professionally since he was 14 or whatever it was. And, and so I would say those are the, the two biggest, uh, the things is, you know, the, the one kid, he was training twice a day with us. Um, he was going to school and then and training twice a day as well. And then had his team's practice after ours at night. Mm, that's commitment. So he was going two or three times a day. And so, um, so I would I would say that was the the two biggest differences for me. Mm-hmm. So you you mentioned playing wise, it wasn't that big of an adjustment for you. But what about mentally? You know, obviously being away from the home and you know how was that? Oh uh, man, off the court it, it took a little bit to get adjusted to. On the court it, it was a, it was a struggle. Um, you know, I was only playing eighteen minutes a game and splitting time with a guy who who was good. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know i've never been one to challenge coaches or anything but i look back now and it's like why are we why were we not playing together um we were playing a four-man who uh wouldn't shoot the three um i handled better than him i passed better than him you know he may have been stronger but he was also nine years older than me but then you could have stretched right and he would be inside dude uh, bro i would have i would have i played well with athletes um because of my passing ability, I'm, I'm able to throw logs or throw it to where, you know, guys, my guys can get it. Um, not that I'm not athletic, but I'm just not a guy that's going to, you know, jump out of the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that standpoint, it was, it was tough only playing less than half the game. I go from playing, you know, majority of the game at, at Ball State uh, to... Um, like I said, half the game, less than right. half the game in Bulgaria. And I was just like, dang, man, I just want to play. Um, and, you know, I, I averaged nine and eight in 18 minutes and shot 60%. And it's just like, and that, if, if, if like, you double that, like my game, yeah, my game speaking for itself, like, why am I not getting the opportunity to play? Right. I understand. I mean, that can be tough. And now is your next step after you going to Australia, right? Yeah, I mean, I was there 12 days before all this happened. So, so they kind of put it on hold now? No, they, they completely canceled it for this year. So I haven't played a game since December, and I won't be playing a game until late March, early April. Okay. And then you're going back there, right? Like you're still going to... Yeah, that's, uh, that's the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I told my agent, unless something drastic changes, that's going to be my plan. Um but I was really excited about Australia and, and the guys we had and the guys I was surrounded by. Uh, it was uh, definitely like a place that felt like similar to home for me. So, so you got high hopes for the season, basically, safe to say. 
Yeah, we uh, we had a good group, a good uh, American point guard who, um, you know, was a bucket, can shoot, can do all of it, and a willing passer. I didn't get to practice or anything while I was over there. I only got to work out a couple of times. But then, you know, we're surrounded by athletic bigs, big and strong athletic bigs, and, you know, I'm, I'm fairly different from that. I'm more finesse, and uh, I, I'm not afraid to throw my body around whatsoever, but I'm more finesse, a skilled guy can shoot, can handle, um, so given the opportunity to play with, to play the four is something that I've been just itching at. I've, right. I've never gotten that opportunity to, to, to legit play the four. I've always been a five, but, um, you know, I would prefer to, to be able to play inside, outside on offense and then try to guard the other team's best big. And if that's a four, then I want that challenge. Yeah. And hopefully that's something you can do out there. And you briefly mentioned they have a talented American point guard. Another talented American point guard in Australia is obviously Lamella Ball. You know, you heard about him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so that's, I guess there's more and more American players, American players playing there. What are your thoughts on Lamella and his chances in the, in the draft? And uh, Man, I, I like his game. I hope he falls to the Knicks. I really do. I'm not a Knicks guy whatsoever, but, uh, you know, I think he's been under the spotlight since he was 14, 15 years old. Right. Definitely. And if there's one guy in this draft that can handle it, it's him. Um, mm-hmm. I, bet, I guarantee his dad would be sitting courtside next to uh, yeah, uh, Spike Lee. Yeah. yeah, Spike Lee. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think it'd be awesome for him to him and RJ to play together and be surrounded by just shooters, bigs that can shoot, allow him to, to create. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see you know how this draft goes because I think it's interesting because I don't think there's, um, you know, one guy that's going to come in and be a superstar right away. I think there's guys that have the opportunity to be that's superstars, true, yeah. but there's no one that's going to come in right away and like a jaw or a Zion in this draft, in my opinion. Right, especially with the with the picks this year because we have a high chance of the you know one of the top three picks going to the Warriors, and then that's obvious and not the situation where you're going to shine right away, you know, because they yeah. already have their stars. So yeah, but yeah, you're right. Knicks needs to change, and they need a star. And if somebody can handle it, it's definitely Lamelo. Uh, so well, you know, now you're on my show, but you have your own podcast. And can you tell me a little bit about that and what you're doing? Yeah, man, it was uh, you know, like I said, I spent 12 days in Australia, and uh, it was like, gotta sit home. It was like, dang, man, like what am I about to do? Like the world's, you know, under a lot right now. It's like I could have been. I could have just stuck to myself and, and just chill, but I was like, man, I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna do what I can to, to help people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I spoke at the, uh, the All Star Game in Chicago with the Kennedy Foundation and to members of the community in Chicago, and uh, and you know through that I was there three or four days, mm-hmm. um, and I was also with uh, Athletes in Action. But um, obviously, I got to do a little of the the night festivities. Um, And so through that, I met Shamika Holslaw, Darius Miles, Quentin Richardson, Gary Payton, uh, Sean Mayer. Like, I met J. Cole. Like, I met all these guys and made connections. I I didn't make a connection with J. Cole. He was cool. uh, (laughs) He took a picture, though. But I I made all these connections. And so, you know, coming back from Australia, I was like, man, like, I could do something with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started a, a mental health series, and you know, my my first guest was Shamikwa, and 
uh, it, it's been awesome, man, just getting to know people. And, and the main goal is, is to really inspire hope um, and give people something to look forward to and really uh and, and really just just you know just just have people push you know i want right. i want to allow people to uh come on and tell their stories and, and what they've been through and give them that platform because you know a lot of guys have stories but have never really told it or have have never really thought about telling it and it's been one of those things for for me that i've seen you know uh, there's things that like I didn't know about certain guys or uh, I have someone on and then they're like hey you should have so-and-so on and I may not know so-and-so but they come on and it's like wow man like your story is incredible you inspire hope you're positive how do you stay so positive during during tough times or right. uh, have people on and talk about their faith and um, you know it's just been awesome you, you know doing all of this and obviously it's slowed down a little bit with with everything going on or everything starting to open back up but um it's been awesome just getting to know people through this and um and and just kind of use my platform to the best of my ability yeah it's such a great cause man great job doing it and uh kind of one of the last things before the interview obviously i read a lot about your story you know and the things you went through and uh one of the things for the athletes you know some of us, the, we have to carry this mentality of, you know, being big, tough guys and, you know, never show weaknesses or anything for like an athlete who, you know, we feel we have feelings too, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. what advice can you give to the athletes who are like struggling with speaking out and, you know, seeking help when they really need to? You're not superheroes. Um, I think oftentimes we're looked at as superheroes and, and untouchable and, and that nothing can happen, but um i look at guys like you know i'm not gonna sit here and say like i started this whole athlete speaking out movement because i you know i feel like i was one of the first but obviously i don't have the platform of uh kevin love and demar Derozan. but i look at those guys as, as the first big time athletes to really come out and speak of it darius miles was definitely the first big time athlete to come out and speak about it. if you haven't read his story then man yeah go check that one out but you know those three specifically are, are three and Darius did it at a time where mental health was really spoken about um especially for athletes but those three specifically have you know have done a, a tremendous job in pushing uh the stigma away from us athletes and especially men in general but i think just as athletes we we know we can oftentimes get caught up in and who we're looked at who yeah who like who were looked at from other people's perspectives and it's you know it's just understanding that you know you're not what people tell you you're not just an athlete you know speak on the things that that matter to you speak on the things that are important to you and um and you know you have a platform so try to speak on things that help others as well right that's true because yeah as you mentioned guys like kevin love and martin rosen speaking out about it obviously they're those big stars but like this is a problem in all the levels because you know younger athletes still in high school and college they they're not going to talk about their problems because they look at the guys like you know lebron let's say and you know kevin durant they're like see they're untouchable unbreakable like i want to be like them but then yeah, yeah when they see sure. other guys coming out and talking about it I, I feel like it helps a lot of guys right yeah and i think it gives a lot of guys courage to, to speak up because it's like you know, from my own perspective, um, 
I feel like I was one of the more known athletes at Ball State, and so people DMing me or messaging me on anything, they're like, you know, you gave me courage to go get help, to speak up, to, to tell my story. It's just like, that's what it's all about. So I can only imagine what a Kevin Love with, I'm on Instagram on my computer, so I'm gonna see how many followers he has. Um, what a Kevin Love with 3 million followers on Instagram, what his impact in speaking out on it has done. The yeah. people that have messaged him who, you know, probably hasn't even seen the messages, but the people that have messaged him simply to tell him thank you or that he's inspired hope in them. And, you know, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Um, you know, life is bigger than bouncing and basketball. It is bigger than basketball. And, you know, it's bigger than whatever sport you play, obviously, but um, it's just really as athletes understanding that. Yeah, I completely agree with you, man. Well, I appreciate you coming to the show and sharing some of your wisdom and some of your experience. You know, it was great having you. Uh, any last words before we go? Man, uh, I just appreciate you having me on, man. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, your, yourself grow in this podcast. And, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how many you've done so far, but... but just becoming more confident in, in this every day. Cause I know for me, when I first started, it was you know, very nerve wracking, mm -hmm. uh, but it's just, just becoming more confident and allowing yourself to, to, to be open, tell your story too. And, and just, you know, I think what you're doing is important. So just keep going and I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Well, that's all I got for you guys this time. Hope you learned something new. Let me know in the comments if you follow European basketball or Australian basketball. And if you do, what teams are you guys rooting for? Please subscribe to the channel. Thank you guys for watching the video. And remember, you can't get any closer to basketball than courtside.